Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlatt and I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. We would love for you to stop by our website or the church or whatever to be a part of the ministry here. And when you do, you will be greeted more than likely by the, the lovely countenance uh, and uh, whatever else of, of, of Keith Holmes. I think that's the first time my countenance nah. has ever been considered <laughs> I mean, lovely. I'm not even sure yeah. <laughs> I'm using countenance correctly in a sentence there. Uh, yes, it was it's early. What can I say? All right, there this we go. what I had. This is all I got. Uh, so Keith Holmes, who is our uh, director of uh, small groups and mission activities, Good morning, my good man. Good morning, good sir. Although I mean, some people might be listening to this, this in the middle of the night. This um, is true. Uh, if you're working out or if you're jogging or running or walking, and we hope you enjoy these few <laughs> moments with us. Or if you're half asleep and <laughs> hit the wrong button in your pocket... You pocket dialed Megan's old That's office. That's right. Hey, however you got here, we're happy to have you here. Glad Let's, you're here. We're glad you're here. Uh, we're in uh, Romans chapter 13. We're almost done with Romans. We've got, uh, the, including this one, we've got three more sh- uh, shows uh, where we're working through the book of Romans. We encourage you to check out other episodes in the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. This, this wealth of, uh, of New Testament theology, of the foundation of Christian theology. Please uh, join us for all of those uh, other recorded sessions. Uh, we love having you with us. Today we're in chapter 13, and uh, the question I have for you, Keith, and for all of you out there is, uh, when have you struggled with authority? Now, please notice the way I framed the question, when, uh, mm. assumes that there, there isn't was. anybody, yeah, there was a time, there isn't anybody out there who hasn't struggled with authority, and if you say that you've never struggled with authority, I know you're lying. Yeah, that's for right. I mean, you only have to go back to your childhood when mom told you <laughs> not to eat the cookie, and you really, really wanted to eat the so you ate the cookie, and then there was the struggle. Exactly. Uh, you didn't win a lot of those, or at least in my house, I didn't win a lot of those. But no, for me, modern modern man that I am, I struggle with authority when I get behind the wheel of my car. I I don't, and I think a lot of people feel this way that not the the yellow lights are not really for me. They're yeah. for everybody else. Right. The red lights, you know, stop signs. Yeah. And, and most importantly, speed limits are merely suggestions. Interesting. I, I, I you know, and, and honestly, it, it's that focus on myself when I get behind the wheel that I think I'm okay to not obey the speed limit because I'm me and that's not meant for me or I'm in a hurry. Or. It's an interesting place that you go to because yeah. one of the very interesting things for me about, and I've talked to my kids about, uh, is that when you're driving a car, it feels like you're in the most private place mm-hmm. it, that you are all right. day. I mean, you're in a car, most most often in a car by yourself. Right. It's an enclosed space. The windows are up. It seems as private as anything in the world, and yet you're never more in, in more of a public. In actuality, you are in completely a public place. You're on a public road. You're surrounded by other people operating big two thousand pound hunks of metal that are right. flying along at fifty miles an hour, yeah. and you're under the authority of of the rules of the road, right. of, uh, of the signs and lights and all this kind of stuff. You are in a public place under authority, and yet. We get, uh, you know, delusioned, uh, aren't we, uh, yeah. when we're in that car under the idea that we are in a private place and therefore under nobody else's authority but our own. Correct. Very fascinating. Isn't it? That, uh, and, and the, I ask the question, it causes me to wonder, 
you know, what is it about us that makes us want to, to, to tell ourselves that we are not in a public place and that we're not under those, those authorities, that we're truly under our own authority? And, yeah. and I demonstrate when I'm in a car by my, that I think I'm under my own authority by the things that I say. Oh, yes. <laughs> out loud. Well, you didn't ask that question. About other people that are driving <laughs> their cars. What I, what my opinion, no one asks for my opinion of those people, but I often give it. In a lot of ways in that moment, I'm less Christian than I ever am. Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm like, like it's like I'm in this car and even Jesus cannot hear you know, yeah, and I might not say some sort of swear word. I'm not saying right. that, but I, I might say something very derogatory that I would never say anywhere else. Anywhere about this else. guy exactly. who cut me off, or, exactly. or more than likely, in my case, is just not driving fast enough. <laughs> and well, then by saying that, Keith, I do the shameful thing of forgetting that I'm always under Christ's authority. Amen. Right? Amen. Right. I mean, you know, because you, you do, you just. Don't think that even Jesus can see you here. Right. You know, you, um, it's fascinating dynamic right. that you think I am all alone. I'm in here alone. Nobody. You know, I I, I remember I a moment when I didn't drive very well, and the guy in front of me is you know or behind me is gesticulating. He's throwing his arms around. He's <laughs> screaming. There's a certain number of fingers being, ex- <laughs> you know, shown to me. Yeah, his pinky, he was showing me his pinky. Uh, but, but you know, and he was just flailing around, and you could see his mouth working, and you knew he was screaming at the top of his lungs. And you're just like, oh, that's what I look like. Right, not <laughs> and, a pretty picture. And it's not a pretty picture. And, yeah, and Jesus sees every moment of that. God is with us and just sees that and just kind of, you know, we talked about earlier, just kind of puts his hand on his forehead and he just shakes his head. So we're talking about Romans chapter 13, and if there's one thing that we are, we are under the authority of Christ. Amen. And one of the things about, you know, we're part of the Reformed tradition, Keith and I, Mm -hmm. which means we're Protestants, and one of the, the, the hallmark things of being a Protestant is what's called the priesthood of all believers. Yes. And the priesthood of all believers, for those of you who don't know, is the idea the theological idea that each one of us individually is responsible for our own relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, that, that ultimate uh, buck stops with you right. as an individual. It's not on the priest right. to be your intermediary or your authority between you and Christ. Having a priest, having a pastor is an essential thing, and it's very important, but ultimately you are your best Priest, you are responsible for your prayer life. Right. You are responsible for your scripture life. Right. You are responsible for uh, your the choices that you make uh, as far as service or, or not to serve. Uh, and that mentality uh, does present a challenge because, as far as authority is concerned, because by nature it, the priesthood of all believers, um, you know, assumes that you have. Uh, has have authority that under other systems of 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 government uh, right. and of theology you you would not have right and now under the the reformed idea of having pre- the priesthood of all believers you have authority to to do this and yet as true as that is the best thing that you can do with that freedom and with that authority is to submit to the ultimate authority and that is 
That is a tough, fine line, isn't it? That oh. is a tough, tough thing. It's, it's a, and for me, it's a hard step to take. Mm-hmm. You know, giving away my authority, I finally understand that I get authority, right. and now I give it away. Right. How do how, how do we do that? Especially, I mean, for me as an American in the 21st century, how do I, who've been trained up to be my own self-made man, be my own authority, be my own boss, right. how do I give up right. all of that right. and submit to Christ. It's, right. it's a hard, hard line to cross. Right, and it's, a, it, it, it's both hand. You have been set free. You have right. been given this authority. You have been given this a, a, a freedom and this blessing, blessed life in the blood of Jesus Christ, and yet you're supposed to use your freedom not to gain more authority and to, to keep it to yourself. Then you're supposed to use that authority to give it back. Uh, to God. And in, in this ties back to our, our previous conversation of Romans chapter 12 in last week's episode. Romans chapter 12 opens with this wonderful statement, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Right. Here's that submission to the ultimate authority. You have authority, you have been blessed with abilities. You have every ability to go out and live your life, you know, self-actualized and, and doing and building and making, but the greatest thing that you can do is submit to the to the one who gave you these things. Amen. You know, I, yeah. One of the things that we do at our offering time, we make our offerings, and and uh, and as I pray for the offering, I always say the same prayer, and it has to do with part of that prayer. It has to do with God. We are filled with your blessing. You have blessed us, and now we give a small portion back to you. Right. We have nothing without you, and it, right. it, 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 it is right not for us to just haul off and take these gifts, take this authority and run away with it, yep. it's wholly appropriate to turn back and give it back to, to, to you back and to do God. it in honor of you. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I just, you know, and not just in our offering of money, and, and, but in time. And, and like you say, you know, we, we've been blessed with so much that we need to be giving back. We, we need to express our joyful acknowledgement of that. Right. And, and, you know, it says God loves a cheerful giver. There you go. Be cheerful. There you go. What do we got uh, today? Romans so, chapter 13. Romans man. chapter 13. I want you to be thinking about this as I read everybody. Uh, I'm going to start with just one through seven in, uh, in chapter 13, but I want you to be thinking, what's Paul's view of authority? And I want you to apply it to wicked leaders. How does it apply to wicked leaders? Because not every we don't agree with you know, and wicked could mean anything for right. us, right? From but let's get fit. Let's face it; it's who you disagree with, right. whether they're being whether they're being oppressive or not. What do you? How do you react to? Uh, Wicked leaders. When you have a wicked authority. Well, yeah, when that authority right. is not what you want it to be. All right, right here we go. Thirteen one to seven. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Oh, now there you go. I'm just going to point that out to Mm -hmm. everybody right there. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you wish to have no fear of authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive its approval. For it is God's servant for your good. But if you do what is wrong, you should be afraid. For the authority does not bear the sword in vain. It is the servant of God to execute wrath on wrongdoers. 
Therefore, one must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. For the same reason you also pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, busy with this very thing. Pay to all that is due to them, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to those whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, and honor to whom honor is due. Well, there you go. I find this to be one of the more challenging passages of Scripture in, in all of Romans, and then in much of the Bible. Okay, so taking this apart, what you, are you saying, uh, is Paul saying that, that, that we subject ourselves to all authority? It says for, in verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. That's actually not always true, is it? Sometimes no, it's not. some rulers throughout history have been a terror to that which is good and noble. Right. People who have spoken out against the authority. The tyranny. For, or, yeah, against yeah. things like slavery right. and things like uh, right. uh, oppression of, 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 of people by that very authority, by that very government. Uh, so this is a challenging pa- passage. I don't want to go so far as to say that it's wrong, but it just really challenges me with the question of what's Paul's view of your question, what's Paul's view of authority, and how does it apply to wicked uh, leaders? Uh, Paul believes that there's, in answer to the first part of the question, it, it, Paul believes that God can't be surprised, that, that it, and that God can use even, no matter what kind of system that, that human beings put together, God can act through it. I don't think that God approves, really completely approves of any government or any <laughs> leader that any the United States or any other country has put together. I don't think that my authority and my leadership of this church is 100% perfect. I don't think that he approves of absolutely everything that I've ever done and every yep. way that I've ever led, led the, the, this church. Uh, but uh, despite God's uh, you know, disappointment if, if, for, with, with all leaders in all systems, he still can work through those things right. and do exercise his will, his mysterious will, uh, through those those authorities, even through the Romans, right? Even I mean, the Bible declares that that even through the wicked Romans, God got things done that God wanted to get done. Right. Through the Babylonians, uh, God got things done that God yep. wanted to get done. Um, we need to recognize that the, the, that uh, we may be right about the wickedness or the waywardness of a certain authority or a certain leader, but we should never doubt. And I think this is what Paul is saying. God's ability to to get done with God's will, what God wants to get done with His will. Does I, that make sense? Absolutely. As you were speaking, it starts. It's it kind of dawns on me that you know you talk about the Romans and about the Babylonians and whatnot, and and in both of those instances, we see the authorities ultimately come into the way of thinking that they should through into Christ's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was uh, Darius and, and um, Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. you know, for that crowd, and, and finally Constantine for the Roman Empire. You think if we as Christians rebel, if we continually fight, mm-hmm. would that ever change an authority's mind and show them the the true love of Christ the 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 the, the better way mm-hmm. of governing because I mean if you you know I, and I don't think you would I I, I it, what a great example we set 
for those authorities when we do behave, when we do act mm-hmm. a way that Christ would want us to. That and and it may not be right away, but then again, Abraham never got to see the promised land, right? right. I mean, you know, it's it was for his it was for his descendants. So all I mean, we just. It, God's playing, well, we've said it before, God's in the long game. He's in it for the long game. Right, and he's in a bigger game than we think that Oh, he is. absolutely. I mean, we, we can't see all the board, the yeah, whole board. When we see, uh, when we see the, uh, the authorities of this day, we think of them as this, the biggest thing in our world. Right. And, and they're just not. You know, God, I, I, don't, I love the United States. I, I, right. I'm a very proud American. I can tell you folks that he loves the no, United I mean, States. I do. He but, is but a let's true face American. Facts. Is there anybody who who is really completely satisfied with the American government and what, what it stands for, uh, as a, whether you're a conservative or a liberal, uh, yeah. there, there are certain aspects and priorities of the government that, that, uh, that don't mesh with what you are as a Christian. Do I still love the country? Do I still pay the taxes? Do I still subject myself to its leadership? Right. Sure. Yeah. But, um, I'm not always uh, satisfied with what the what that is, right. but there's value in being a part of it. One of the more profound moments in in, uh, in, in scripture uh, it happens in the, the three synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where where Paul is, or I mean, where where Jesus is with his disciples, and he's um, he's talking about the temple, and he's talking about how wicked the temple is, and and how wicked the, the leaders of the temple are, yep. and then this little woman comes forward and throws two copper coins into the offertory at the temple and he praises her because she gave all that she was living on to the temple I'm like well, wait a minute here he just got done berating the, the hypocrisy the hypocritical yeah. leadership right. and the, the selfish prideful leadership of the temple and then he praises this little simple woman for giving all that she had to live on to the to the authority to the to the temple right all of that to say that it's both and. Right. Is your government, are your leaders, is your boss not 100% all that God wants? Absolutely, he's not. He right. or she right. or it is not. Can God still use that and produce great fruit in you through uh, that? Absolutely. God used the Babylonians for crying out <laughs> loud. Don't don't miss that. You right. know? Uh, yeah. uh, and told the, the, the Israel. The, the Israel, the Israelite people, while they were in exile. Yeah, yeah, I know you want out of Babylonia. I know you want out of slavery. And God, through the prophet Jeremiah, said, I want you to settle in. Make yourselves at home. You're going to be here <laughs> a while. Here a while. Build, yeah. build houses, uh, get married, have uh, have a great life inside of Babylonia. You let me worry about the rest of right. it. You and know, that's, that's tough it. for us to do. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Because we think we have the best view. That right. Our authority, our will should be done. Yep. It's a test of that, isn't it? Absolutely, it's a test of that. I think you're... You're, you're, you're spot on. Just, I mean, but you think of, you know, I often think, you know, when I'm in a situation, somebody come from outside the situation gives me advice and I go, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I should, why didn't I think of that? Well, it's because I was in the situation. Uh-huh. You were how, too immersed? How, I was too immersed. How then can I feel in com- that I should have, you know, complete authority in a situation that I'm too close, I'm immersed in. Yeah. When the authority from the outside, and this is God's authority, would be so much better in that situation if I were to submit to that authority yeah. and just say, okay, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to settle into Babylonia. I'm going to be here a while. And, and, and there may be no justifiable reason or logic to why I'm here, mm-hmm. but this is where God has put me. I need to be here and I need to stay. 
As I prepped for this, this part of the study, I asked the question, what is Paul's assumption and concern about not assuming uh, or not submitting to, to authority? And I asked that question, I rolled that around in my mind because I think Paul, as leader of the, of the Christian people at this time and, and, and throughout history, is worried that, that, that we as Christians are going to become some sort of uh, rebellious rabble that mm-hmm. that not that that tells itself, well, I don't assume, I don't submit myself to that authority because that authority is stupid or it's wicked or something right. like that. But then Paul would say, well, wait a minute, what authority are you submitting uh, yourself to? I've talked to you before. I'll share this with you. And perhaps this is too personal a story, but people will people will leave church and they'll say they'll leave church because. Because they're uh, because they are convinced that their pastor is an idiot, mm. and uh, and they'll tell me, well, I you know I don't go to church because the pastor of my church was an idiot, and then I'll say, well, where are you going to church? Uh, and they'll, well, I don't go to church, you know. Well, then you the, the reason you're not going to church isn't because your pastor is an idiot; it's because it's because you don't want to go to church. You right. don't want to submit to any kind of authority. Right. And I think that's what, what Paul really is getting at. Yeah, there is the, the, the very real possibility and likelihood that in different times you're going to become under authority at, at work or in government or whatever, under an authority that is not godly. Uh, but but, but it, I think Paul's greater concern is that you and I become a law unto ourselves, Ooh. that we become unwilling to submit to any authority right. at all. Right. You know, what if, okay, great, you don't like that authority, you don't like socialism, you don't like, you know, this leader or that leader or this party or that party. What really are you submitting to? Right. What are you believing in? And if you're not willing to submit uh, to this authority, perhaps you're not willing to submit to any authority. And if you're not willing to submit to any authority, perhaps you're not willing to submit to Jesus as, as the authority. You follow Absolutely. What, what oh, yeah. Because it's just a set of dominoes, right? I mean, I see dominoes falling all the time. And ultimately, the end, the end result is I trust only myself and mm-hmm. what I can see and what I can think and what I can feel. Right. And, and I don't trust, I don't submit to anything because... I know what's best. I mean, we go right back to original sin. I mean, these passages can be can be a strong argument, in my opinion, for original sin mm-hmm. and and the sin, the fall of man. Yeah. As you know, if someone says, "Oh, we're not born with sin," oh, I think we are, right. because Adam and Eve felt the very same way. Let me decide if right. this fruit is good or bad. Right. No, thank you, God. I'll take that under advisement. Let me do that. Right. They um, they completely rested authority away from God. And, and, and we Paul, do that still today. And Paul is worried about us becoming that. This, right. this complete unruly... If, if I, I think the assumption of Paul's theology about authority and about human beings is that by nature, getting to what you're talking about, right. we're, we're so filled with sin that if we, if we are completely unwilling to submit to, a, to any authority at all, we will not... We will not become a good entity at all. No, we, I, we, that, that is not. If we are just a law unto ourselves, that's a disaster. A that's huge a disaster. Everybody, I mean, it, yeah, 
this, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a lot more to say about that because I think you nailed it. We will become a huge disaster. We have a good mutual friend who works in Law and Order. You and I, and I mm-hmm. was talking to him. I, was, I won't mention his name because he deserves that privacy. But he, I, he uh, works in Law and Order, and I was talking to him last night, and and uh, and I reminded him of how valuable it is. He, he works in a prison, and I and I reminded him of how important it is that for me that he works in a prison because society without order he he's part of order law right. and order yep. and that order becomes the foundation off of which my freedom and the freedom of other people can be expressed in a positive way but if that's not there then 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 that's then the freedom is not is is not possible so we need that authority we need that yep. order we need that control and we yep. all need to submit to it and respect it in order for our lives uh, to be to be worth anything. Uh, so let's uh, read uh, the last half of chapter uh, thirteen here, sure. uh, verses eighteen through or through eight through fourteen. Okay. You want to do that, or you? Want oh, to I can do that. that. I got, got I got right. the we Bible did, right we here. We didn't actually we, plan we, too we, much here, so uh, no, not at all. Here we go. Uh, owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and, in, and any other commandment are, are summed up in the word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, but in not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know, I really admire your handling of the word licentiousness. It was coming, it was it was coming upon you there. You saw it and you nailed it. And I Gee, got her. You, without Boom. any practice at all, you nailed it. Now I have to go look it up. There you, there you go. <laughs> but what does that mean? I'm pretty sure it means bad behavior. Yeah, Let's yeah. just go with bad behavior. Wild, wild living is, is what it? it really is about. Exactly. So how does this change the tone? for you of our previous conversation. How does this reading uh, change the tone of what we are, we're talking about? Does it change the tone? Yeah, it does for me um, because I think what it does is it shows us how. Mm. You know, we so talked there's about... there's the what. And there's the what, yeah. We talked, about, we talked about how it's hard to do this. So, and, and I hope many of you were thinking, boy, I hope they're going to tell us how. And <laughs> Paul does. What do you know? But yeah, I think it's the how we do this. We put on love. Now, this does not mean tolerance of sin. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure everybody right. gets that. But it means to love one another, for love is the fulfillment of the law. I love that line. Christ came to fulfill the law, and he showed true love by dying on the cross. It begs the question for me, Keith, that if I submit myself to authority, Mm -hmm. can... If I don't do that, let me let me do it this way. If I don't, if I am unwilling to submit to authority, mm-hmm. if I am unwilling to give up my own sense of authority, can I love? Is Paul saying that the only way to really be loving is if you are willing to submit 
to the, the higher power, certainly that is Jesus Christ. Are, can you be loving if within you is a steadfast dedication to not ever submitting to anyone's authority but yourself? No, it, I don't you know, think you, you know can. What I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think you can. You know, I, if, if yeah. you are of the spirit that you are never, ever going to submit to anyone's authority and that you should be the sole authority, I think Paul is saying if you have that mentality and you attitude, won't be able you to can't love. have love in I, your heart. I believe it. Isn't I, that interesting? I, that I, am, I am 100% behind him in that and theory. And yet having our own authority is like this... The sacred thing of this age that yeah. I get to make choices for myself. I right. get to go where I want. Right. I have control, remote controls and everything right. else. I have all this power, all this authority. And it seems to me that Paul here in chapter 13 is saying the more of that, the less capacity you have to love others. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you think about saying? the Roman audience. I mean, now, these are, these are Christians in Rome that he's writing to, but they're still Romans. They're still... People that, that, that are citizens of the greatest empire that ever was in that time, and here they are. You know, I, I liken them to modern-day Americans. I'm, I'm a Roman, and, and I, I deserve everything and I, I, because I'm Roman. Mm -hmm. And here he's saying, no, you submit to Christ and, and love and you will have the authority you're looking for. You will get there. There's also this incredible sense of urgency that he has. Yes, that's true. That, you know, this backstop, this spiritual backstop, if you will, that we all have, that of Christ, the potential of Christ coming back right now. And right. Christ himself asked the question, you know, in parable, you know, what are you going to be doing? When Jesus Christ, is, is Christ going to find, is the Son of Man going to find faith in the earth? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and faith expressed in, in, in servants who are, you know, being, being submissive, willing right. to be submissive to right. authority greater than themselves. Yep. This is one of the first step of, of any 12-step program is to acknowledge that you're powerless against your addiction. Right. This, this submissive, I'm going to submit, I'm going to stop trying to be captain over this and recognize that it's more powerful me and then I'm going to reach out for a higher power to, yeah. to, to help me with these things. Amen. Are we having that mentality? And the, as I said before, the less of that mentality that you have, the less capacity that you have to love. And when Jesus comes back, is he going to find people truly truly loving right. others, not by exercising their authority and their ability, yep. but by submitting to the authority of Christ. You know, and, and yeah, I think the answer will be yes. I think that the word, the word does not come back empty, right? I mean, as long as people are hearing the word and, and, and preaching and teaching, that it doesn't come back void. It, it's going to bear fruit. And when Christ does return, which I love, he, he really, in that sense of urgency is, you know, it's later than you think, mm -hmm. right? You know, right. that you, you, we're all, you know, we may not make it to the end, but it's, it's coming. It's later than we think. And so, you know, we have to, we, we have to know what time it is. We have to be aware of that. And there is that sense of urgency because we want to show Christ to the world. We want those... We should. We, yeah, we want the... Okay, you and I do. I don't know about the rest of these guys. No. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we should want to do that. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's very important that we're, that we're doing that and we have that sense of urgency. Christianity, once again, proves itself to be so counterintuitive, doesn't it? Amen. Jesus comes along, he says, blessed are, what, the poor in spirit. Yep. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed, 
you know, blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness. All these, what are you talking about? I, mean, blessed, you, I you know. just thought of something. Do you think the hashtag blessed movement would have been right. so popular had he had right. they read that it, it part? It sell really well. <laughs> and here, through the Apostle Paul, Jesus is saying, you know, blessed are you when you submit. Yeah. Because then mm. you will be able to love. Amen. But when you are refusing and resistant, and, and completely and totally dedicated to your own authority, don't be surprised when you become something not very good at all. Amen. And and just keep trying, guys, because that's what I have to do. Yeah. I, it's I've, a daily thing. It's a daily thing, exactly. Well, this has been Megan's Old Office, Chapter 13 of Romans. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please don't tell me if you didn't. Well, um, I'm really glad you submitted to listening to it, at least. For yeah, the yeah, right. Minutes, right? Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> We'll be back next week with chapter 14, and we hope uh, that you'll choose to join us then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office, brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash DPC Omaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>